Here's a good coding joke for you. The period is a member access operator, of course, but outside the programming world, a period generally denies member access. <laughs> it's menstruation and a coding joke. That's like, that's a difecta. <laughs> I'm assuming that exists. I know there's trifecta as a word. Why can't difecta be a word? Screw you. Cue the intro music. Oh yeah, I don't have intro music. Cue the regular behind me music. That'll work. Hey, sweet listener. It is episode... Wait, no, this can't be. Three? Episode three of the Deaf Duck Podcast? Huh. I, much like you, didn't really anticipate there ever being enough matter on this topic to make episode one. So I, I'm quite surprised that there's an episode three. And what exactly is the matter at hand with this podcast? I'm glad you didn't ask and I had to really pull that from you. You know what, audience, if you could ask on your own next time, that'd be super. Don't rely on me to keep the conversation going. All right. The Deaf Duck Podcast is a podcast where I, Caleb, document my journey with Unity 3D from absolute beginner to slightly less or more, I guess, if you want to look at it that way, than absolute beginner. My primary motivation for this podcast is really just to keep me motivated within the world of intimidating code forums. Stack, uh, what's the what's the one? Stack Exchange? Stack, uh, you know, the one where you, you do any search on Google for a C-sharp term and this forum pops up and every one of those forums is mean. Now, I understand that it's a it's a forum specifically dedicated to people who are, are uh, veteran programmers. Uh, it's really for those much more detailed questions. Uh, it's not for beginners. I understand that. It's still very intimidating if I happen to peruse through those and I see a bunch of people flaming someone for asking a question when I myself didn't even understand the question. That's how new I am. And this guy's getting you know yelled at for asking a question that to me sounds reasonable. But again, that's why I'm a beginner. Anyway, I would like to uh, navigate this world of intimidating uh, code forums and this this sort of unfair anger against those of us trying to learn. That's what I'm doing here. And if you are in a similar position, you're brand new learning code, C-sharp specifically, or really any code, um, or if you're looking to uh, learn Unity 3D, I ask that you join me on this journey. And it is a, a journey uh, where I will be learning. So don't expect necessarily for this to be a how-to or a tutorial type podcast because I myself don't know very much at all. I am slowly learning, but that's what this podcast is all about, to keep me motivated and to hopefully keep you motivated out there listening. So how is this thing going to go? Well, first I'm going to talk a little bit about my progress so far with learning uh, C Sharp. Um, then I'm going to talk a little bit about what I've learned. Uh, so, you know, first starting with my progress and then starting with specifics and things that I've learned. I'm going to go through a few difficulties that I may have had. Um, then in this episode, I'm going to focus quite a bit, I think, on a specific game that's really just uh, taken me. It's it's really done some crazy stuff to my brain. All right. It's a, it's a game called The Beginner's Guide. Uh, but I will definitely be folding it into the idea of, of coding and learning coding. So it's not just going to be a, a review of a game or anything like that. I'm going to try my hardest to really bring it back to the point of this talk, podcast. Um, after that, I'm going to talk a little bit about some learning tips that I have acquired and some resources that I would recommend you if you are also new to all of this stuff. Go out there and investigate. And then, of course, I'm going to be pleading for your feedback at the end. 
Uh, and, and today is also a special episode. This is the first episode where I will be drinking beer along with uh, while we do this podcast. And, and I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of beer. Uh, more, you know, uh, more accurately, I'm a fan of stout beer, Imperial Stout specifically. Not really much of a fan of anything else. So I guess I can't really call myself a beer fan. I'm just a stout fan. Uh, this one is a delicious beer by Boulevard. It's part of their Imperial Stout X series. It's tart cherry stout, and uh, to be honest, not that good. Uh, just, just not my thing. It's much too. It tastes like a, like a cellar aged rye beer that's just been cellar aged for way too long. So you get super heavy cherry flavors. And anyway, you know what? That's not, that's not the right topic to be nerding out on this podcast. I'm supposed to be nerding out on coding, and and Unity, not beer. That's probably for another podcast. I'm not going to do that to you. I already have like four podcasts. I'm not going to do any more of them. So let's jump right into progress. What 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 has happened since episode two? Well, those of you fine listeners who are returning will know that in episode two, I mentioned I was going to be taking a small little break from Unity 3D, or the course specifically that's teaching Unity 3D, which that course is Learn to Code by Making Games, the Complete Unity Developer by Ben Tristam and Bryce Fernandez. It's an awesome, awesome program. That's not why I diverted from it. Um, I decided to divert from it because... Uh, I, I felt as though I could probably get a lot more out of it if I had a basic understanding of C-sharp. Now, I don't think that's going to be the case for everyone, but for me, I just felt it was. I'm definitely one of those types of learners that I like to I like to sort of know everything before I even get started on anything. So, um, yeah, so that's what I did. I, I took a break and I started uh, taking these uh, the Microsoft Virtual Academy course. It's a course called... Um, I think it's called C-Sharp uh, for Absolute Beginners, and it's taught by Rob Tabor. It's an awesome series. Uh, I will leave a link in the show notes to that series. Definitely check it out if you're new to C-Sharp. Um, but what I've done, and I want to bring it back to the whole progress thing, is that uh, I built you know my very first from-scratch console application, which yay for me. Uh, it's very, very simple, but what happened was I, I went through half about half of the lessons uh, for the Rob Tabor course, and decided I wanted to try to create something on my own, uh, you know, really without relying so much on the course and just see what see what I could do, basically stretch my my versioning talents, my versioning skills. And so I did cre- end up creating a very, very short. It's only a, a 200 or so, if even that lines of code. Um, it's a console application, so there's no uh, there's no interface, there's no user interface or anything like that. Um, so don't expect too much, but uh, it's 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 I'm, I'm proud of it. You know, I, I had to do my own investigating to try to figure out how to make things work. Um, and for anyone out there who wants to maybe take a look at it, uh, you can definitely go to calebjross.com, find episode three of the Depth Up podcast, and I will make sure to embed it or link to it in that in those show notes. Um, I will. I will use like a GitHub uh, link and, and for newbies out there, as I am, uh, GitHub uh, is a place where you can, do, it's a, a code repository where you can put code and things like that. And so it, it will retain all of its formatting and everything like that. And you can share it with people. So that's a cool new thing I didn't even know existed. So I was really cool to find it. I was really glad to find it. Um, I'll make sure to link to that from the show notes for episode three. And what I learned about this, uh, aside from, you know, just everything i the, the confidence and knowing that i could i knew even where to go to get help that was really interesting uh you know when you're when you're creating a program or you're creating something as a, as a beginner part of the intimidation is that you don't even know where to go you don't know enough to know what it is that you don't know if that makes sense 
And part of this was really just learning the best ways to use a search engine and, and the best ways to try to find what it is I'm looking for and to answer the questions that I, that I need answered. Um, and so I learned a lot about that and about where to find what I need to find and, and sort of some of the terminology. And it was a great learning experience. So anyone out there, I definitely recommend you try to build your own uh, console application, even if it's only, uh, you know, 100 lines like mine is. And I mentioned earlier that I had built this from scratch. And I have to put sort of air quotes around from scratch because part of this journey is kind of learning what exactly from scratch means. And I, and I feel as though to a developer, from scratch doesn't mean you built everything on your own from the very beginning to the very end because I've been reading a lot about how, how coders, uh, you know, how they, how they keep and, and develop skills. A lot of times what they're doing is, is doing searches on forms for pieces of code and fixing things. And I mentioned this, I think, on my first or second episode um, that m many of the problems that coders uh, experience are it's the first time they're ever experiencing those problems. So either they have to figure it out on their own or they go to the internet for help. And that's really what I did was I went to the internet and tried to find people who have done things similar to what I've been doing. But I definitely did not do any sort of tutorial thing. I wanted to stay away from that. I didn't want to just follow instructions. So for example, if I needed to figure out how to count the number of instances that a loop cycles, um, I looked online to see if I could find a way to do that. And that led to me coming up with a solution that served my purposes. It might not be the most elegant solution, but it was a solution that didn't have anything to do with counting the number of loops at all, it, uh, or the number of cycles or whatever that term is. It was something completely different, but it was something I, I came up with on my own, and I was I was really proud of that. If there's anyone, like I said, out there interested in downloading it, please do. Uh, you can find that at calebjross.com. Uh, it is just a very simple, and I should have said this up front, um, it's a very simple math game. It's basically all it is. I, I wanted to build something. I have a six-year-old son. He's, he's learning math. He loves math, and I wanted to build something that he could, you know, just answer some random math questions. So that's all it is, and it's really fun, uh, fun to put together. It's probably super boring for people like you who are not six years old. So now on to what I've learned, which I've basically already talked about, uh, but I did want to stress once again the, uh, the, the Bob Tabor um, video series, uh, the Microsoft Virtual Academy. It's really, really great. He has a great presentation, a, a really nice way of explaining everything. He, he has great uh, analogies, metaphors, whatever you want to say to, to, to help you understand things. I've also started uh, diving into a book called Head First C Sharp from O'Reilly Media, which is a book that was recommended to me somewhere, and I cannot remember where. I apologize. I would love to give you credit for, for suggesting it to me, but I could not even find the thread or the forum post or anything that where someone would have recommended this to me, so my apologies. I'm going to jump right into my difficulties. What have what what I had difficulties with? Well, for one, I'm getting antsy. Um, I, I just really want to create something cool, which I suppose is why I diverted uh, to create my own console application about halfway through the Microsoft Virtual Academy courses. So, um, you know, creating that out app definitely helped with my confidence, and, and that really helped out quite a bit. But, you know, I, I just want to, I want to make cool things, and it's... It's tough when you're going through a course and you have to memorize and understand and really digest each individual course as you're going. Uh, and I understand the need for it. You know, I'm not I'm not a genius. I can't just pick this stuff this stuff up immediately. So uh, it, it's you know it's relearning how to learn. Kind of. I haven't been in school for over a decade. Um, I'm 33 years old. So it's been a while since I've been in school. And so uh, relearning how to learn is, is a little bit difficult. And you know what's also difficult is just the sheer volume of code that I realize is out there. There's so much code vocabulary out there. It's so intimidating. 
And I have to constantly remind myself, and this goes back to what I something I said earlier, I have to constantly remind myself that no programmer out there knows all of this vocabulary. That's why reference sheets exist. That's why code dictionaries exist. Um, you know, code forums like the aforementioned Stack Overflow. I just remembered what it was called. All of these 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 things I got. I just have to understand that no or very few programmers anyway out there memorize this stuff 100%. They also have to keep referring back to uh, sheets. They have to constantly refer back to websites, things like that. So if, if once I understand that, and learn that, and I feel a little bit more comfortable with that, it's great. But on the converse, I also know that there's a lot of terminology and vocabulary and syntax that I need to learn and need to know by heart in order to get the full effect of C-sharp in any coding language. That's going to be extremely important. So it is going to be a long process to be able to memorize all of that stuff. And just knowing what C-sharp is capable of, generally by way of learning this vocabulary. If I learn a new class, for, exist, for example, um, and then and, and I start to learn what that class can do and what the properties of that class are, that's going to open my mind to just the potential of, of things. I just don't know what is out there. I don't know enough to know what's possible. Uh, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So now on to the beginner's guide. Ah, this game. This game. It's making the rounds. You've probably heard of it. And if you haven't, please listen. Uh, so part of, I think, learning about game coding is is understanding the possibilities of gaming. And I've, I've stated my history uh, before, my history of narrative before. You know, I, I was a writer. I have five books of fiction out there. I've made a lot of YouTube videos. Um, so there's various mediums that I understand, various media that I understand. And so um, this I, this beginner's guide, which right away the name struck me. I'm, I'm, I'm hypersensitive to any game-related thing with the word beginner in it, right? Because I'm thinking, oh, that's going to help me in my journey to do whatever it is I need to do. But the beginner's guide is a strange, strange game. Um, it's I'm a huge fan of metafiction. I'm, I'm a huge fan of meta anything. And this game is definitely very meta. And in summary, it's basically a series of what feel like half-completed levels of various completely unrelated games all packaged together on a sing single uh, disc, you could say, and presented in a fairly linear fashion uh, with a narrator, the person, the compiler of all these various games, talking you through each of these, uh, these stages, these levels. And the, the narration basically revolves around the idea that these levels were created by a friend of the narrators, a friend named Coda, and the narrator is asking you to help him better understand who Coda is based off of these games. The, the idea being, can you understand or learn something about someone by what it is that they've created? Can you, can you feel as though you truly know them based only on what they've created and not really having any personal interaction with them? And the game, as it moves on, touches on some things that I've wrestled with very, very recently. Um, it, it kind of gets to the idea of validation and, and what external validation means and, and does a creator, in this case a game creator, need to be externally validated in order to keep going, in order to have the motivation to keep going. And I th that's one of the things that really ultimately made me stop writing is I just didn't feel I had that external validation. And when I realized that that lack of external validation caused me to not really care as much about writing, that's when I kind of realized that writing must not be that important. Um, if You know, there's no use in, I shouldn't beat myself up for not 
going to the computer, sitting in front of the computer and writing if I didn't actually truly feel like writing. Um, and so the game kind of touches on that quite a bit, which which really got to me. And the other poor part of this game that was interesting to me is as you learn more about Coda, you realize that Coda, these aren't half finished games. These are actually complete games. But in the traditional sense of what a game is, they're 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 unfinished. They're they're they don't you know they don't function as actual games. There's no no objectives. So one level could, for instance, just be you walking down a a dirt path for 20 feet, and all of a sudden that's the end of it. That's the end of the game. Um, and what was interesting to me about this is the idea of of stream of conscious narrative and how that plays into a game. Uh, stream of conscious being basically you kind of almost vomit out whatever you're thinking of and that becomes the story uh, from a fiction standpoint that's fairly easy to do right you can just write and write and write and write and you don't have to really uh, form anything you don't have to really think about what you're writing you can do it and there's really not much risk involved there's not much time risk when it comes to game creating however you can't really stream of conscious things because you're still having to spend hours and hours and hours to articulate via code something that you want to represent visually or or an action or a move that you want to create visually you can't just you know stream of conscious write code that's not how it works but this game touches on the idea that that is what's happening in a way um so i was very interested to i, I was just very taken aback by that uh, and, and, and it just gave me you know overall the game just gave me a lot of fodder for what the potential of a game could be I've never really played experimental games and I would guess I would consider this an experimental game not really fully understanding that definition um, and I know the creator of the game um, Davey something or other uh, he also created the Stanley Parable which I believe was fairly popular when it was released a, a few years ago I guess I don't know I hadn't heard of it until I played this game so um, I think he has that sort of thing where he does a lot of metafiction type experimental games or two I guess um, so what does all of this have to do with coding and game making uh, I think it has to it has to do with possibility it has to do with you can you can be okay with creating something that's not a traditional game, but just be happy with the creation process itself. And right now, because I'm so early in my journey, that's that that's I'm satisfied by that. I'm satisfied by simply the act of creation. I'm satisfied by this very simple console application that is a six-year-old's math game um, that has a, an objective, sure, but it doesn't really have any reward necessarily, other than getting an answer correctly correct. But even if I if I part that down, when I was building that game, when I was able to figure out how to correctly call a method, if I'm using that terminology correctly, how I, how I was able to correctly make something happen, that was that just really uh, it was a shot of adrenaline. You know, that was amazing to me. So I wonder if I'll ever get to the point when I'll know exactly what I'm doing, exactly what every code piece is doing, and I could still get that shot of adrenaline just because I do something and it works. You know, knowing, it, you know, future me knowing that it would work, not really being surprised that it would work, but still hopefully getting that adrenaline rush when it works. That's awesome. That's what, that's what I hope will keep happening. Next to last, some learning tips. Yay! So here's some things that have worked for me over the past week. Uh, learning C-sharp specifically, but also this could be extrapolated to Unity, I think. Um, one thing that's really helped out is I've been doing a lot of verses searches on Google. So uh, if, if I want to understand really the, the basics of something, what something is, and I did this when I first wanted to understand what C-sharp was. I knew C-sharp was a language, 
But to be honest, I didn't really even know what a computer language was. I didn't quite grasp that concept. I didn't know how you could write this language and make it and turn it into a program. You know, I didn't really understand how all of that worked. So I did, did a simple search for uh, on Google. I typed C sharp, then space versus, and what and I just looked for what automatically came up because what's going to come up are other searches people have done uh, for similar things. But I'm banking on the on the idea that they already knew that what they were searching for in terms of what they were going to compare it to, what that versus was going to be, and it, it came up. JavaScript came up quite a bit. So right away I knew that C sharp and JavaScript were similar in some way. They had some sort of connection. And of course now I know, and even then to some degree knew that they were just both computer languages, but I was able to find some articles that really did compare the two. And when you're reading about the strength of one thing and you're comparing that to a weakness of another, you learn so much more about, you're learning via context to, as to what C Sharp is. Another thing I've been doing is reading tips and tricks. I just do C Sharp tips and tricks. And even if I don't understand the context at all, I can grasp general methodologies by doing this. So um, someone may have a tip about nesting a specific class within something else, or I don't know. And then I can learn, oh, then in, in general cases, it's probably a good idea to try to nest things in a logical manner, right? Even if that particular tip didn't apply to me or I didn't fully understand it, just knowing what other more uh, other uh, master developers or other people who really know coding, what their ultimate goals are and what their aims are really helps me to formulate what my aims probably should be. And having that goal, having that destination in mind has been very helpful uh, because again, as I've mentioned a lot, the world of coding is so nebulous and there's so much going on and it's so confusing. It's hard to know what you don't know. It's hard to know if you're doing something incorrectly because you don't even know what you're doing to begin with. It's very difficult. So just knowing and seeing what those other goals out there are it is super, super helpful. The last thing I'll mention on learning tips is a website called degreed.com, D-E-G-R-E-E-D.com. I'd never heard of this before. Uh, it's a very cool website. It's basically a website designed to create achievements, uh, badges, that whole badge culture. Uh, apply that to learning, the, the realm of learning. So you can get uh, points, you can get, uh, you can get points toward, you know, your score goes up when you read things like articles that are connected in some way to whatever it is you're wanting to study. So when I read C-sharp articles or I read Unity articles, I get point values for that. It's just a fun way to keep yourself motivated is really all it is. Uh, so I recommend it. Check it out. D-E-G-R-E-E-D dot -E -E com. And I get no money at all from them. Of course not. Why would they? This is three episodes for Christ's sake. You don't get sponsors that early. Uh, or do you? I don't know. Tell me. Feedback time. So uh, please send feedback. Uh, send feedback. Leave comments uh, at this blog post at calebjross.com. You can tweet me at Caleb J. Ross, C-A-L-E-B, the letter J, R-O-S-S. -S. Go to Facebook uh, and, and send me a message on Facebook. Uh, it's facebook.com slash Ross Caleb. Uh, and just let me know how I'm doing. Let me know what you think about the podcast so far. Let me know any responses you have to anything that I brought up, including beer selection. Have you had the tart cherry stout from, from Boulevard? If you have, hopefully you're alive enough to answer because I feel like I'm going to die. It's, it's just not that good. I'm so sad. Uh, tell me about other tips and tricks and things that you've learned along the way. If you're a pro developer out there, you know, to give me some ideas. If you're a beginner out there, commiserate. Also, uh, yeah, I want to build, I want the, I want this to be a community effort. You know, I really want people who are new to coding to have a place where they can go and not feel so alone and isolated. 
uh, because I'm new as well. Uh, also, if you if you would, before you do all of that, any of that, leave me a review, would you? Uh, uh, just a few stars, if you want, at iTunes. I am on iTunes. Just search the Deaf Duck Podcast at iTunes. You'll you'll find it. It's not it's not hard. It's not easy to miss. I don't think. 